of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Jones. You can visit me at jonathanjones.tv, or you may be already there if you are listening to this uh, broadcast. Um, I like to talk about anything worship, theology, and culture, and sometimes veer off the path and talk about some other things as well. Uh, Today is not one of those days that I will chase a rabbit. Today I am talking about a very important worship-related topic and that is uh, confessions, confessions and creeds, and specifically the benefits and the pitfalls of confessions. Um, and the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 10.9 that to be saved we're to confess with our mouth and to believe in our heart uh, that Jesus is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead. And uh, what does it mean to confess? Um, before I get into the benefits and the pitfalls of confessions, um, I want to kind of define what a confession is, what it could be. Uh, a lot of times we associate confessions solely with a plea for forgiveness, but I think the term has a broader uh, meaning. Uh, a confession really is a statement of belief, and so it's the resulting act of belief. In other words, belief precedes Confession. A confession clarifies and states what a person or a group of people believe and hold to and cling to. And, um, you know, in, 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 the, in Christianity, public and formal confessions of faith have really been a part of our, our church, of the church, for centuries, including in the early church. I come from a Protestant tradition, a Baptist tradition, which really exposes a long-range of confessions and particular beliefs about confessions. The specific denomination I'm a part of largely, I think, discourages the use of formal confessions, at least in corporate worship. That's not to say that um, they do not exist in Baptist life, because confessions certainly exist, even in Southern Baptist life. In fact, um, among Baptists, one of the most vital and important confessions of faith in the church is the London Baptist Confession. There are two. There was one written in 1644, and then there was one in 1689, often referred to as the Second London Baptist Confession, which really clarified some of the things of the 1644 Confession. It is very uh, clear, and in, in, in my opinion, a very good uh, confession and statement of beliefs. Uh, but largely in an attempt to exercise the Bible alone as the sole authority for what we believe, uh, many Southern Baptists, at least, um, have attempted to remove themselves from confessions. Yet my denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention, has what is referred to as the Baptist faith and message. And my argument is, what is that document but a confession, a creed, a statement of beliefs? That is precisely what that is, and although we uh, typically don't use that in our weekly worship gatherings, it is a statement of what we believe. Therefore, it is a confession. Um, there are other confessions, though. Many traditions hold to confessions that they will even utilize in corporate worship. One common confession, I think, throughout Christianity is 
the Apostles' Creed. There are many traditions that quote the, the Apostles' Creed on a weekly basis. And so what are the benefits and the pitfalls of confessions? I'm going to discuss these matters, and uh, hopefully we can uh, rightly put formal confessions in their place by keeping the good and perhaps ridding ourselves of the bad thoughts that come with these practices, um, good and bad, I think. Um, so let me first talk about the benefits of confessions. Confessions, I believe, come with many benefits. Um, so what are the good elements here? I have a few thoughts on this. First of all, confessions summarize belief. An example, again, is the Apostles' Creed from the 4th century. Uh, the, the Apostles' Creed really could be considered sort of like a Cliff's Notes of the Bible, especially in a day in a society when the vast majority of people were uneducated and they were illiterate. The Apostles' Creed was a way to clarify these beliefs, essential doctrines of the Christian faith. Uh, for And so, so far be it from an unsubstantiated source, which a lot of people will argue the Apostles' Creed is, uh, it is actually a good confession. It clarifies the truths of Scripture so that a people can resort to it and know it and realize their primary beliefs. The words themselves have no magic powers. They have no forgiving uh, ability or anything like that. It is a statement of belief, but a very crucial one, I think. And so when one verbally states a confession, he or she is stating what they believe in a clear and an organized fashion. In this manner, then, confessions benefit God's people by way of summarizing essential beliefs. Um, if you've had experience in academia, in writing, or, or you know, not just in college, but even uh, coming through junior high and high school, if you were taught the basics of writing a paper... Uh, you clarified what you were trying to say, and it was a good thing. Um, if you were going to present an argument in a court of law or in a business deal, uh, you would have what you were going to say prepared already. You would be very foolish not to unless you are a genius, and I am not, so I like preparing what I am going to say. Confessions summarize and clarify belief then. Um, so, so confessions clarify. They're, they're usually worded carefully by a plurality of uh, scholars and often clergymen who have grappled with the concepts and the doctrines in the confession. In other words, it's not sloppily pieced together randomly by a single unskilled person. There, there are surely times where, where confessions need to perhaps be clarified more. As I mentioned earlier, the first London Baptist Confession of 1644 was later... Another way confessions help us, I think, is confessions actually preach. In other words, they should at least proclaim the truth of Scripture. When God's people state a good confession, one that is accurate and clear, the body of Christ essentially preaches the truth of the Bible. That is, of course, assuming that uh, the confession is derived from the text of Scripture, and I, I believe the most common and important confessions are. And there may be some secondary disagreements. For example, the London Baptist Confessions will refer to um, what Christ has instituted in the Lord's Supper and baptism as ordinances rather than sacraments. A lot of confessions will refer to those as sacraments. And in a Baptist faith, we typically will say uh, ordinances instead of sacraments. And those are uh, secondary issues. But nevertheless, these things clarify and they preach the truth of Scripture. 
stating a, a formal confession or statement of beliefs, then preaches the gospel message. The word of God does not return void. So if a, if a confession proclaims the word of God, then the gospel message is proclaimed. And this is a marvelous, I think, benefit of confessions. Uh, uh, the last thing I want to talk about are the benefits of confessions is that confessions unify. Uh, confessions unify, specifically they unify a common group of believers. A lot of people are opposed to organized religion. That is one thing I hear often in discussions with people who are not Christians, is that they are opposed to organized religion. The, the assumption often in these cases is that the church universal should not have divisions, and this is common even in not just not just among non-Christian people, but among Christians themselves. The church should not have any divisions. In other words, the Protestant Reformation should have never happened. And I don't want to speculate on that specific issue, but the truth is that the church is diverse. And within the diversity, local churches are disparate in thought and in practice. And you know what? That's okay. That is perfectly acceptable. I also would suggest that humanity in general needs structure. We were created with an innate need for structure. If you would think about your own daily affairs, uh, going from your your job to your family to home, whatever your only da- your own daily affairs, structure encircles you because as humans we need it to function. So what confessions do then is provide a structure to groups of people with common beliefs. While the church varies on secondary issues, we should at least agree on primary and salvific issues. The church is founded on Jesus Christ, and this is the singular commonality along with all elements that surround him as Lord and Savior. Nonetheless, within our individual delineations of people and our denominations, um, there are varying beliefs on secondary issues. And what confessions do then is unify these people um, on primary issues for sure, but also uh, sometimes on secondary issues. Uh, like I said, the difference in ordinances and sacraments. Uh, confessions provide a sense or a focus uh, for, it provides a sense of focus for a group. Of people, and so in that sense, confessions are certainly beneficial. So I've talked about benefits. What about pitfalls? There are pitfalls. I do not want to disregard that. Um, and I want to approach pitfalls from the perspective of what might happen. Uh, this is not what certainly will happen, but what might happen as a result of confessions. Uh, first of all. People could make confessions equal to the Bible. Um, uh, confessions themselves, as I mentioned, are derived from Scripture, from Scripture, or they should be at least. Uh, but they should not be canonized, and they are not Scripture. There is a clear distinction. Why do we believe what we believe, and why do we utilize confessions to state those beliefs? It's because the Bible teaches the doctrines we confess. The Bible then is the, the sole authority for us and for, from which these confessions are derived. Consider it this way. Without the Bible, there would be no confessions because confessions are built upon the foundation of Scripture. So confessions are a useful tool in proclaiming the gospel message, but 
holding to a confession above the Bible is wrong. If confessions are exercised in a given context, uh, people should be careful to realize the underpinning of the confessional text and not place the confession itself on the same plane as the Bible. Um, Another thing that could happen uh, utilizing confessions is that confessions could hinder personal spirituality. Um, If a local church relies largely on confessions and pre-ordered statements of belief for their spiritual growth and discernment rather than personal Bible study, Uh, In prayer, then their spirituality is hindered. Confessions should be viewed as a tool to proclaim the source rather than the source itself. And if if Christians desire to grow spiritually, they have to take the initiative to know God uh, through prayer and the Word. Which which ensure which really ensures a two way relationship between humankind and God through Jesus Christ. Um, it is a personal obligation, it, and, it, and confessions will not get you there. Confessions should never be relied on as the sole medium for spiritual growth. Believers should study the Word and commune with God themselves and then employ confessions, if they're going to do so at all, as a tool for stating precise beliefs and nothing further than that. And so... Uh, so I want to ask you a question in conclusion. Are confessions beneficial? Here's my answer. I would say yes, absolutely, they are beneficial. Another question, do confessions possess pitfalls? Yes, they do and could potentially. These are waters that we have to navigate through as the church and especially people in my position like me as, as, as worship leaders and pastors. We have to navigate through these waters. How do we approach confessions and statements of belief. Uh, Just about every tradition has them, and maybe some don't, um, but but most do. Confessions in and of themselves are not bad, but are in fact excellent tools of proclamation. So let us hold firm to the truth of Scripture and boldly confess our beliefs while standing firm upon the foundation of the Word. Thanks for listening. This is Jonathan Michael Jones.